You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadoulou. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to more of the Greeks Gridiron. I am Ethan Hristadoulou, and today I decided to do something a little bit different and break away from the draft grade previews, and we are discussing my top five year two breakout candidates of the 2022 NFL season. Now, I... I I was initially thinking maybe I want to rank these guys in order, but then as I started going through them, there's so many variables. It's really hard to rank, you know, from even from one to five or one to 10, like the top 10 players that are probably most likely to break out and whatnot. So I decided this is my top five, but it's not really in any specific order. But these five guys that I'm going to talk to you guys about today, I feel are the most likely to take a big leap and break out in their second years. And they're guys that didn't necessarily have the strongest campaign in year one, but looked good or showed promise heading into year number two. So as always, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and let's talk. And again, in no specific order, we'll start off with the first one here that I have, and it is going to be cornerback Eric Stokes from the Green Bay Packers, who I think ended up getting a lot more thrown on his plate than anyone was anticipating when he was drafted. The injury to Jair Alexander obviously affected the amount of playtime he wound up seeing in his first year, and he actually did fairly solid. 51% completion percentage allowed when the football was coming his way. He had an average of 78.8 with the passer rating allowed. He had nine pass breakups and interception, and he only allowed four touchdowns on the season altogether. And again, with Razul Douglas coming back, and now you have a healthy Jair Alexander, I think things bode a little bit better for Eric Stokes in year number two. He has an entire year under his belt as playing as as a significant amount of reps as you possibly can as a year one corner that probably wasn't expected to get as much playing time as he ended up getting. But I will say his workload may decrease a tiny bit, but having a strong supporting cast in Jair Alexander there backing him up and the return of Razul Douglas, I think it bodes well for him. And then you couple that with the fact that there is a clear commitment through the draft this year to upgrade the defensive front with both the draftings of linebacker Quay Walker and defensive lineman Devon. Wyatt, that's only going to help the secondary out even further because I always say, especially the Devontae Wyatt pick, when you improve the front seven and you improve that pass rush, you're only improving your secondary as well because you're helping them have to work for smaller amounts of time in theory. Uh, but I do like I do like the odds for Eric Stokes this year. So my Packers fans, for any of you that are watching out there, how do you feel about Eric Stokes right now? I really like the way he looked in year one. Not not There was a very limited amount of penalties overall from what I've gathered I think he had what was it like two three small number I forgot to write it down but I mean he looked really good and and the Packers you know they caught a lot of flack for taking him in round one of last year's draft so for him to turn out and look as good as he did especially considering the unexpected circumstance of not having Jair Alexander pretty much all season long I think he's poised for a strong year number two coming forward Then up next, for my Jets fans, respect for you guys. And no, we're not talking Zach Wilson here. I am looking at wide receiver Elijah Moore. One drop in 77 total targets that went his way. He averaged 12.5 yards a catch off of the 43 receptions. He had 538 yards. He had five touchdowns and a rushing touchdown to boot. He missed six games altogether last season. And in the games that he did manage to play, he only played with Zach Wilson for seven of them. 
and he had a couple of really strong showings while Zach Wilson was actually on the sideline dealing with injuries, funny enough. So I think a healthy season where a healthy, in, it looks like new and improved Zach Wilson, who's bulked up a little bit, having more time to work with him is really only going to benefit him. But the main reason that I am excited about the potential of Elijah Moore is because of what he showed with the pairing of Corey Davis over there. And now you're adding in, in first round selection, Garrett Wilson. You're looking at a serious receiving core. Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson as your trio of wide receivers. I think the addition of Wilson is going to take focus away that Elijah Moore might have garnered from his first season. And now he's going to have a real opportunity to flourish and be successful in this system here. Then again, another year under his belt. Zach Wilson hopefully coming back better, progressing. He looked stronger in the later half of the season. I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough, but he really started to come on late in the year, and I don't think he gets that respect for that. And I'm excited to see what Elijah Moore does. And again, I could not make this list without throwing him in there. So Jets fans, let me know how you feel about him. Then the third guy I have on my list here, it's still a wide receiver. It is going to be my Ravens fans, your wide receiver in Rashad Bateman, who after the trade of Hollywood Brown has kind of found himself as a number one wide receiver now. He had only two drops on 68 targets that came his way, 46 receptions, 515 yards. He was averaging 11.2 yards per catch. He only had a single touchdown though. Bateman, you know... I think the story of the Ravens last year was obviously the amount of injuries they dealt with at quarterback included, and Rashad Bateman was even on that injury list himself for a significant portion of the beginning of the season. He didn't even step in and play until week number six, so he doesn't come in until week six. He then only gets to play five full games, because one of the games, I think, what was it, Jackson took like four snaps and only completed four passes, uh, but he only got to play five true games with Lamar Jackson at the quarterback spot. I mean, it, it, talk about just kind of taking like shots to your foot left and right through the season here. He did not get the opportunity to really reach his full potential and maximize the ability that Lamar Jackson, and if you didn't know, Ravens fans, I'm a massive Lamar Jackson fan. I had him ranked as a top five QB last year before he was going down with an injury. So if you follow along with this channel, you know I am a big Lamar Jackson guy. I think having an opportunity now with a healthy Jackson and a motivated Jackson, it, you know, the sky's the limit with this pairing now. Coupled with the fact, like I mentioned, Hollywood Brown is gone now. Someone needs to step up and be the number one. If it's going to be anyone, Rashad Bateman, they brought him in last year for a reason, and I believe they believe in Baltimore that he can be their number one guy. So an opportunity for more looks going his way, more schemes for him, specifically play design for him. I think that he is going to be the guy that they look at to be the number one, and he's going to get plenty of opportunity, and I expect his production to go up in this next season here. Then, my Jaguars fans, I'm a Colts fan I make sure I make that clear every time I talk about division rivals because I want you to know where I'm coming from when I discuss you. But I will say this. I'm a Colts fan, but I'm a football fan first and a Colts fan second. And I am a big fan of Trevor Lawrence. And I think that everything that went on last season, you know, absolute disaster with the coaching and Urban Meyer. And it pains me to see it because having lost Andrew Luck the way that we did, seeing the obviously situation different because you know Trevor Lawrence wasn't hurt playing through the whole year but 
seeing just the, the the inconsistency and the lack of direction and all that around Trevor Lawrence in year one, it was like giving me nightmarish flashbacks because I don't want to see something like that happen to Trevor Lawrence. He had an up and down season. He completed near 60% of his passes. He had 3,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, touchdown to interception ratio, obviously not great. But with all things considered that was going on in Jacksonville last year, Trevor Lawrence could have had a far worse season. And I don't think if it's anyone besides Trevor Lawrence in that situation, because I really think highly of Trevor Lawrence as a talent, I don't even think that they make it the whole year as a starter. The fact that, you know, Lawrence looked as good as he did in that bad situation, it's it's nothing short of a miracle for him to have been able to drag himself to that point. And, you know, the last few weeks, especially in week number 18 against my Colts, um, I will say that, you know, he looked really good. Two touchdowns, 223 yards, his best completion percentage. It was literally his best game of the year as the season was coming to a close. I, I think the sky's the limit for Trevor Lawrence now. You have Doug, uh, Doug, Peterson, I almost said almost said his name wrong, Doug Peterson, excuse me, coming in a more stable setting surrounding him. Obviously, they brought in a pretty massive haul of free agents and draftees to help fortify some of the skill talent that is around Trevor Lawrence as well and fortify the O-line a bit. I am excited to see Trevor Lawrence in year number two, and I fully expect him to look far more like the guy we watched at Clemson than we did as the year one Trevor Lawrence dealing with the dumpster fire that was kind of burning all around him last season. The dumpster fire that did beat my Colts. You don't need to say that, Jaguars fans, I know. And then the final guy that I have on this list, last but certainly not least, the number five guy. And again, there's no specific order, just the fifth man on the list. Edge rusher, linebacker, whatever you really want to call him, because wherever I look, it seems like he's labeled something different. Aziz Ojalari of the Giants. This one is probably my favorite one because for somebody who looked as good as he did last season, I do not think he gets talked about enough. 27 total pressures. He had eight sacks, eight tackles for loss, and 49 tackles on the year. Probably one of the more quiet but yet somewhat dominant rookie seasons. And obviously it has to do with just, you know, how poorly the Giants season went last year. Listen, you got Brian Dayball over there. You got a whole new system. And then you couple that with the fact that one, Ojalari himself had a strong rookie campaign on his own. Now you're adding in the draft class, Kayvon Thibodeau, that pairing, rushing the quarterback, um, look out, I guess is all you got to say. The interior of the D-line over there in New York is no slouch. You have those two guys on the edges there attacking the quarterback as well. Aziz Ojolari is he's set up for a really good opportunity here to really establish himself as one of those premier guys on the outside going after the quarterback. I am very excited about him. I was excited about him going into last year's draft. I was excited for the Giants when they went after and got him. And I think, you know, with the amount of promise he showed, and again, it's it's bizarre to me. It does not feel like he got the love he deserved in his rookie campaign. They've got a lot going for them over there in New York with Ojolari and now pairing him up with Thibodeau. Uh, the Giants have one of the better young pass rushing tandems on paper, at least at this point right now. And people need to start talking about it. And I wanted to make sure 
I brought it up early enough to be able to say in case something crazy does go off between those two that I saw it first. So my Giants fans, I'm definitely keeping an eye on that. Between Thibodeau, I know he's the big sexy first round selection there on defense, but don't forget Ojolari. He looked good, really good his rookie season. And I think having attention brought to Thibodeau as being a first round selection and a dominant collegiate pass rusher is, it might take, it maybe ends up taking away some looks and people aren't paying attention to him as much. You know, Thibodeau gets some of the double team focus and things open up for him to have an even bigger season or at least continue on with the strong first rookie year he had. But those are five guys that I feel are top breakout candidates for this 2022 season that are second year guys in the league. Let me know in the comment section down below, who are you excited about here? Those are my top five guys. I'd love to hear five guys from you all as well in the comment section. I appreciate you all for watching. Thank you all for hanging out. I will see you guys in the next video. Have a good one.